Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Everywhere you seem to go, people are talking about the price of diesel and the price of petrol. And we know, as we mentioned yesterday, that the government were introducing and they did introduce a cut in excise duty on petrol and on uh, diesel. We're going to be discussing it on the programme this morning. We've invited the AA uh, to join us. A lot of the newspapers today, though, are saying a lot of the commentary out there is saying that that drop that was introduced from midnight last night is going to make little or no difference to us as consumers because of course we've got a soaring problem with prices soaring way beyond all records and that's obviously due to that very very sad situation that's unfolding in Ukraine because of the Russian war. I mean the Irish Independent for example today they did a kind of an in-depth national survey where they went all over the country yesterday trying to get the average price of fuel. Now they came up with an average price. This would have been because it seemed to vary where, depending on where you were in, in the country. So it it varied. They, they came up with an average for diesel at two euro and four cent, and an average for petrol at two euro and one cent. And all of a sudden, diesel prices now in some four courts are gone higher than petrol. And it was always the other way around. I'd be, I'd be interested to speak with the AA as to why that has actually happened. Why has diesel now gone ahead of petrol? And in a lot of the four courts, diesel and petrol are exactly the same price. So in the papers today, you know, there's an, there's examples of uh, diesel on sale in some parts of. Galway two euro and nine cent. Garage in Dublin was selling it for two euro and eight uh, cent. Some stations, uh, petrol stations around the country, the highest reported yesterday seemed to have been two euro and fourteen cent for a litre of diesel, which is a shocking, shocking price. And that was so. If you take it two euro and fourteen, if you were to take off the fifteen cent excise duty, that would only bring it to one euro and ninety nine uh, cent. The, you know, the next price increase this week would bring it straight back over the two uh, euro uh, mark. And then, while it was two euro and fourteen cent a litre in some stations around the country, that was a high. Then it was in other petrol stations yesterday at one euro ninety five. And I'm sure I saw a WhatsApp come into me from somebody saying that they saw 
petrol or diesel at one euro eighty five, and if that's if that is the case, that certainly um, I need to get that confirmed. But I'm sure I saw there's so many texts and WhatsApps in on that. I'm sure I saw somebody reckoning that they saw it at one euro eighty five. If anybody has seen petrol or diesel of one euro eighty five, please let me know. Somebody is saying was in this is somewhere in North Cork this morning two euro fifteen. So that's even higher than the one I quoted from petrol stations up the uh, country. Hi Patricia why is the petrol the same price in Cork in two garages in the city exactly the same price as last night. I checked it at 8 o'clock last night just to be sure and checked it again this morning and it is it is the same price. We're going to get an explanation on that. I think it's going to take a few days for the actual excise duty to come in. I don't, well let me know if any garage straight away this morning reduced their prices by the 15 cent for diesel or the 20 cent for uh, petrol. Uh, as I say, I, they, the, all that petrol and diesel, the excess duty would have already been paid on it. So therefore it will be a, a few days. Now the, the Irish Independent are saying the lowest petrol that they could find yesterday was 194 and that was at a service station in County uh, Kerry. Pascal Donoghue yesterday when he was announcing the cut in the excise duty says there was a limit to how much the state could actually insulate the country and the economy against rising fuel costs. And this cut will remain in place until the end of August. Somebody said, does that mean it goes straight back on? Yeah, at the end of August, it is very possible that from the 1st of September, you will be paying 15 cent extra immediately for petrol and 20 cent extra for uh, diesel. As I say, they put it in place until the end of August. Now, a lot of the independents and those in opposition straight away in the doll yesterday when it was voted through saying this really is not enough. The independent TD, Verona Murphy from Wexford, and she used to work as with the haulage firm, didn't she? She called for the removal of all excise duties and and all of that from a fuel. She accused the government of imposing a tax on a tax. She said at least Dick Turpin wore a uh, mask. Pascal Donoghue did admit that prices will probably increase further. So even though they're saying, look, we're giving you the 15 cent off the diesel and the 20 cent off the petrol straight away in the doll, Pascal Donoghue admitting that it's, you know, they're, they're, those the, those prices are still going to increase so the 15 and the 20 cent is going to be eaten up very very quickly indeed and then there was a lot of talk yesterday certainly on national radio I heard a lot of talk of garages around the country who suddenly yesterday were putting up their prices and putting up their prices by quite an amount you know garages putting up prices by 10 cent 12 cent 15 cent people were getting suspicious going is because everybody knew there had been so much talk about what the government were going to do yesterday and people were getting suspicious. Our garage is deliberately putting up their prices and was price gorging uh, going on. Well, the Taoiseach Micheál Martin spoke about it yesterday and said price gorging by petrol stations ahead of last night's cut on excise duty. He says he called it out as a barbaric act of cruelty and he was responding to widespread examples of petrol stations hiking their prices well over two euro a litre yesterday ahead of that excise cut which came in at uh, midnight. And I know Circle K the fuel retailer, they came out because they were coming under a lot of criticism that some of their garages had put up their prices and they say they categorically 
refute claims that price changes across petrol and diesel was implemented as a result of the announcement coming from the government. They say their pricing is set in line with local and international market movements and wholesale market costs. And a lot of retailers who put up their prices yesterday said it was just a coincidence that it went up on the day that the government was making the announcement for a cut in excise uh, duties. And as I say, most of the opposition parties saying that the government didn't go far enough with, I think, do you know, Fiona Murphy was the only one saying they should remove all of the excise duties and all of the VAT. And even if they just do it uh, temporarily while we get over this this situation that every the world is finding themselves in with the price of diesel and petrol and home heating oil. And looking at a breakdown on how much, if we didn't have any tax, if we didn't have any excise duties and we didn't have any VAT or any other levies on petrol and diesel, and we just bought the petrol and diesel based on the price it sold on the world market, how much would we be paying at our pumps? So let's look at petrol and diesel and take it at a flat rate. Say, for example, petrol and diesel was all €2 a litre. We won't go over, we won't go under, we'll leave it at €2 a litre. So if petrol was €2 a litre, the price that that litre of petrol would be before any tax is added to it would be 97.8 cent. So you'd be paying under one euro a litre. So how is the difference made up to bring it up to two euro a litre? Your excise uh, duty before yesterday, before midnight last night, 62.8 cent. There's a thing called NORA. That's the National Oil Reserves Agency levy. That adds an extra two cent to every litre. Then there's VAT at 37.4 uh, cent. So the total then gives you an extra hun- one euro two cent. Now there's a cut obviously in the excise duty. There's 20 cent coming off of that. So the excise duty uh, will go down to 42 cent on every litre of petrol. And then do the same with diesel. If you buy diesel for two euro a litre, if you were to take all the taxes, VAT away, everything, the price before all the taxes are added, it would be one euro and 8.7 cent. The breakdown before the cut came in last night, excise duty adds an extra 51.9 cent. That National Oil Reserve Agency levy, that puts an extra two cent on every litre. The VAT comes in at the same, 37.4 cent, giving you a total of 91 point, just over 91 cent extra is added on to bring it up to the two euro a litre. And of course, the cut in the excise duty there is uh, 15 uh, cent. So that's the, so with the cut from midnight last night, the at two, if the petrol and the diesel was at two euro, if that's what the garage was planning on selling it as, the new price would be for petrol, it would be one euro 80. And for diesel, it would be one euro 85. As I say, I think somebody said, but I'm going to need confirmation on it, that there was a garage somewhere in North Cork. Uh, here we go at one eighty five. I thought it was, uh, it's not, here it is. Petrol and diesel, one euro 85 at Ryan's Newbury in Mallow. So do I take it at one euro 85? They have already introduced the 15 cent cut for diesel and the 20 cent cut for 
petrol or, or the other way around. yeah that's the correct way okay so that's got to be the lowest is that the lowest we can see it at because rather than go the highest because everyone is quoting all different very high prices if we can get a lower price than that can anybody so what we need you to do is when you're out and about oh Actually, somebody says that was last Sunday. Oh, thank you very much. Let me see what's happening. If anybody is is, is anywhere near Ryan's Newbury in Mallow, tell me what the price is now, uh, please. OK, let's see if we can find the lowest prices for petrol and diesel. So if you're out and about, take a look at it. If, you, if you've got your phone with you, take a quick picture of it. WhatsApp the photograph into us, uh, please. But as I say, we're not expecting, even though it got introduced last night, because the excise duty is already paid, as far as I know, it's probably going to take a few days. We'll try to find out when we can expect to see the excise duty being reflected in what we're paying at the petrol pumps. Your thoughts welcome. Uh, Pat says, I was driving to work. I got petrol yesterday in Glanmire, €1.95. Before I came home, it was gone up to €2.08. Uh, cent. Hi, Patricia. I was in Bandon yesterday. One petrol station, €2.04 for petrol, €2.09 for diesel. And then in two other garages, it was one ninety nine for both petrol and uh, diesel. And here's somebody who got diesel at €1.00. Euro 84.9. It was at Apple Green Kinsale Beg on the N25. That is particularly uh, low. Hi, Patricia. I passed a garage uh, this morning. Uh, yesterday morning, the petrol was 1.99 and for diesel, 2.14. Uh, and uh, this morning, the same, it's at the same price, 199.9. It should have changed at midnight. This is from John from Roscommon. So it should have changed at, mi- at midnight. They have no problem changing it at midnight after the budget. Well, the, as I say, we're going to speak with the AA. I think it's explained away by they say that they've already paid the excise duty, but that is a good point. If something goes up when the budget, it, it surely they've already paid the excise duty, so it shouldn't go up immediately when the budget kicks, kicked in. If they're using that argument that they already have the excise duty uh, paid which is a good point thank you uh, John stay safe hi Patricia the petrol the the price hike in petrol and diesel yesterday at the pumps was a disgrace the dogs on the street knew that the government was reducing excise duty from midnight last night so garages had to get their share in quick the price of a barrel of oil fell by $20 on the markets yesterday they tell us it takes about six weeks to reach the price of the pumps. But when it goes up, weeks seem to get hit straight away. But when it goes down, it takes forever. I work in a garage forecourt, so this is somebody in the know. It is pure greed. Okay, and lots of people giving examples of similar to that prices yesterday, prices today, the very same. So it looks like certainly, well, uh, unless a garage gets its fill this morning and are setting their price by the fill they get this morning, we're not going to see the excise duties uh, reduction for a few days. 0818 103 103. John Paul taking your course, text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Yesterday, the AA welcomed the excise duty on petrol and uh, diesel being reduced with the motoring organisation warned the reductions won't be enough to help motorists avoid record petrol and diesel prices and to explain more I'm joined by Anna Cullen of AA Ireland. Good morning to you Anna. 
Good morning, Patricia. And How are you? I'm very well, and you're very welcome to the programme. Needless to say, we are inundated with people talking about the high cost of petrol and uh, diesel. And in particular, this morning, getting a lot of very angry callers saying the reduction of the 15 cent and the 20 cent came in from midnight, but nobody's seeing it at the petrol pumps this morning. Can you explain why that reduction is going to take a few days to hit the pumps? Hi Patricia, yeah, well look, we've hit record highs, we've hit well over the two euro mark in a lot of places. Some places have brought their prices down this morning, some places haven't, as you mentioned. It will take a couple of days for it to um, reflect at the pumps because all prices do take a couple of days. Now, there have been people onto us as well wondering why the prices are changing, you know, in a day because they had been changing up until this. The morning, there might be one price. The evening, there might be a different price. And a lot of people were were wondering as well, were the retailers, you know, milking it or questions like that. And I, I have been asked a lot of questions about this. So I did actually ask a few retailers and also experts in the fuel industry explained that it is because some retailers get deliveries. They could get up to three or four deliveries a day of oil or fuel so that would be reflected on the pump that's why the prices changes that's the reason they gave me some places would only get a delivery one per week so that's why they wouldn't change as much so it does depend on how busy the, the uh, forecourts are now it will take a couple of days for us to see the reduction at the pump but we're also saying is this enough because if the prices are gone up to you know two euro and above if you knock 20 cent off that, you're still at record highs. I mean, someone somebody texted you this morning saying we saw one something at the at the pump. That's still the highest that we've seen since we started recording figures in 1991. So we're still at record highs whether you're not the 20 cent or the 15 cent. And I don't want to dismiss, you know, the reduction because we have been calling for it for, for a while now and we did get the reduction and we would welcome any reduction as we said in that statement. But we're just wondering, is it enough? Because if you do bring down the cost, we're still at record highs and people are still paying a lot of money at the pub. Yeah, and excise duty is paid in advance, isn't it? So a garage that's working off a price for yesterday, they would have already paid the excise duty on that. Exactly. Yes, they would. So when they buy uh, the product, they do pay the excise at that time. So that's why it would take time as well to be reflected at the pumps as well. So if a garage is getting a delivery today, there will be less excise duty on that petrol and diesel. Exactly, yes. So the prices, whether they should come down today, as some places I mentioned have brought down their prices tomorrow and the next day as well, we should see prices coming down. But we're still going to see prices at high levels, unfortunately. And I mean, have you any understanding of how petrol can jump by 15 cent from there's, you know, a number of people saying that, that they, you know, petrol was on sale at €1.85 uh, in the morning and then that afternoon it had gone to €2. Euro. Like a 15 cent a litre increase is a huge amount. It is. And, you know, the average price of petrol as well has increased by over 20 cents in the past three weeks alone. So if the government caught in duty by 20 cents per litre, uh, um on petrol, you know, that's, if it's going to go up in three weeks and another three weeks, is it going to continue to rise as well? So is that price going to be completely knocked out? I do know that 
you know, the cost of oil, it is quite high globally at the minute and those levels are continuing to rise. So that's obviously going to have an effect at the pumps as well because if the oil continues to rise to very high levels, it, it hit 130 this week and experts in the oil industry are predicting that it might go to 150 or $200. So if that continues to rise, then the prices at the pump are going to continue to rise as well. And of course, as we know, certainly on petrol, over 50% of what you pay at the pump is in excise duty or in VAT or in uh, levy levies. Can you explain also, diesel was always slightly cheaper than petrol. Yeah, Why is yeah. it the same price or dearer now in some garages? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, Patricia. I um, discussed this with experts as well in the oil industry and the fuel industry. They told me that it's because of the lack of supply globally. So there is a serious lack of supply of diesel globally. And also the main, you know, uh, transporters of goods and services actually use vehicles, diesel vehicles more than petrol. So it's going to affect them significantly as well. So that is down to a supply shortage. So the demand is actually higher than the supply that we have. Jordan in Glenmire asks, why can, could the government not have put a cap on petrol and diesel uh, prices uh, yesterday? With the way the prices are rising, it's getting impossible to live. And Jordan in Glenmire claims that other countries have done that. Is it possible to put a cap on how much we pay for petrol and diesel? It is possible. And you're right, there have been other countries that have done it. Um, Hungary, for example, they've, they've capped their fuel prices at, I think it's one euro 30. I actually they actually spoke to a journalist there about their their price cap just to see if it was working and it said it was helping motorists and the government there have actually extended it until May, I think, as well. Um, they had a three-month extension on that recently just to help out motorists. So look, it's not a bad idea. Will it work in the long run? I'm not sure because we'll have to pay the prices eventually, these high prices. But certainly a fuel cap would be a good idea. Will they introduce it here? I don't know. They've um, the government have, you know, done the reduction as they said they were going to do. But I'm worried now about the cost of oil globally. Is that going to continue to rise? Because that's not in the government's control anymore. Yeah, they've or, no, no know, control. Well, it over never that. has been. You know, it yeah, never has been yeah. in their control. Excuse me saying anymore. But so if that goes up that's concerning because the prices at the pumps are going to go up as well and that's not in the government's power. And Verona Murphy, the independent uh, TD from Wexford yesterday, uh, calling on the government to remove all excise duty and all of the VAT. That's never going to happen, realistically. They'd never, never go that far, would they? Look, realistically, I don't think so. Look, they've, they've introduced this reduction. Look, we would welcome another reduction. Is that going to happen? I'm not sure, but getting getting rid of it completely, I I highly doubt it. Yeah, there's a lot. They make a lot of money. A lot of money goes goes into the exchequer. Well, about five billion, um, maybe a bit over it. That actually goes to the exchequer each year on on these taxes. So if you consider that, if they get if they get rid of these taxes, where would they yeah. collect the revenue? Yeah, yeah, it'll get the, the tax will be put somewhere else. The transport minister then, Eamon Ryan, yesterday uh, telling people to slow down while driving, saying that's a way to save on uh, fuel. And I know there was a lot of criticism of him and a lot of people on, on Twitter were, were making fun of, of that comment. But he is correct, isn't he? This, if, you, if we do slow down, we will save a little bit on fuel, on what we burn. Yes, Trisha, like that is correct. Look, there's loads of things you can do, but reducing your speed is actually one of them. 
So if you are traveling, you know, at 120 kilometers per hour, that actually uses about 20% more fuel than if you're traveling at 100 kilometers per hour. So that is a substantial increase. And you can imagine then your savings over a, a longer journey. You know, and also the advice is, as well is to maintain a steady speed. So okay. if you're if you've constant changes in your speed, that actually uses more fuel and it is a waste of energy and money. So try to maintain a steady speed to avoid this and consider as well if your car has cruise control, if that it has that function, then consider using that as well. But as I said, there are lots of other ways um, apart from speed that you can you can help with your fuel consumption, such as you know accelerating gently as well. So the harder that you accelerate, the more fuel you use. So if you are driving, use your right foot lightly to move off and get up to speed, and you'll make savings as well. Go easy on the brakes as well. You know, sharp braking wastes energy. So ease off the accelerator, move down the gears in plenty of time so you can smoothly come to a stop. So, and then another thing about the gears, we get asked about that a lot. So be a smart shifter. So don't take too long to move into the higher gears when you're driving. So driving fast in a low gear actually makes the engine work harder and it uses more fuel as well. So, and you know, most modern cars have a dashboard indicator to tell you the, the most efficient time to change gear so make sure to use that as well I mean that's very handy yeah. then it's all a bit of so it's, it's all a little bit of savings the it is running your now not, not that many people are running the air conditioning at the moment the air con because they're using it for heating more than anything but when we do get into the warmer weather um the running the air con in the car which I have to say I love on a very warm day getting into a nice cold car and keeping it nice and cold that's actually burning up a lot of fuel yeah, look, as you said, you won't be using it now, but as we head into summer and the weather will get a bit better, hopefully, uh, you know, you actually will be surprised to discover that using your car's air conditioning actually can increase the fuel consumption, as you said, by as much as 20%. So the advice really, if you're in a town or a city and you're in traffic, just open the windows instead. If you do need to put on the air conditioning, just use the recirculate option. That will save energy as well. So it actually, it does, increase fuel consumption by up to 20 percent as i said okay but you don't come bearing very good news you overall you feel we're in for more pain as motorists going forward well look prices aren't going to come down anytime soon we have been predicting for a while now even before the crisis in ukraine uh, that prices were going to reach the two euro mark that was just a supply and demand issue globally they're not meeting their targets now they have surpassed the two euro mark but even with this new reduction if it goes back into the 180s 190s they're still the highest prices that we've ever seen so unfortunately they're not going to come down anytime soon how high will they go i don't i'm not sure we'll have to keep an eye on the cost of oil and we'll have to keep an eye on the war in ukraine as well because we don't know how long that's going to go on for either okay all right listen anna thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the program this morning Thank you, Patricia. Good morning to you. Anna Cullen there uh, joining us from uh, AA Ireland. Hi, uh, Patricia. Just a note on diesel uh, prices. A West Cork garage yesterday was selling diesel up to closing time yesterday at €1.83.9 per litre. But they were increasing it this morning because it was the stock that they had in pre-price increase. We filled every vehicle in the yard yesterday. I'm sure you did. And lots of people saying the same price in the garage that they saw yesterday. It's still the same today. The garages will say that they've already paid the excise duty 
on it. But John in Clan is making the point that so many others are making. How come when there's a price increase at the budget that comes in from midnight, it'll go up straight away? And yet when it needs to come down, they'll tell us if the excise duty already paid and it takes a few days. That is galling for a lot of people. 0818103103. You can text her WhatsApp 0862. 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Welcome back to the fuel prices, but I want to move on to a different issue because on Tuesday of this week, legislation was brought before the Dáil by Social Democrats housing spokesperson Keen O'Callaghan to outlaw sex for rent arrangements. Now, one local journalist has been at the forefront of investigation investigating the sex for rent practices in Ireland and I'm delighted to say she joins me this morning that's Anne Murphy from the Irish Examiner Good morning to Anne Good morning Patricia uh, And you're welcome Just to t- take us back when did you first become aware that some landlords were offering such arrangements and how did you come across it? I became aware of it um, well initially in September 2019 it was raised in the doll by um, then Solidarity TD Ruth Coppinger she had received um, correspondence from a constituent who had been offered such an arrangement um, when she had been asked to increase her rent um, and then in January of 2020, when I was um, in the Echo, I came across an ad on a website um, looking for such an arrangement um, in the Cork City area. Um, and we did a lot on that at the time in the Echo. Um, and since then, I have been keeping an eye on different advertising platforms um, for such ads. And in uh, December, um, I came across a number of them um, relating to properties in Limerick and in Dublin. Um, one of them was offered um, with Friends friends of Benefits Arrangement in Dublin. Um, the one in Limerick was offered um, in, to a, a single woman and the, the ad said that it was an arrangement with a twist. Um, I contacted the uh, landlords in those cases and one of them responded and I... Um, you know, claimed to be interested in the property, and it became, um, um, you know, uh, it became, um, you know, he he demanded basically six um, in return for rent fairly immediately. In the, yeah, there was uh, there was no no ambiguity, and there was no. no oh, I've misunderstood the ad. They were very straight up when you engaged with these landlords. Very yes, and and in the, in that case, um, I specifically asked was it not possible to move in um, on a, you know a monetary um, arrangement and he said no preferably the arrangement would be that he would give me reduced rent but in return for sexual activity and because of the current housing crisis would you be fearful that this is this is getting worse or could get worse Yes, and I suppose we're all aware that there's going to be um, a squeeze again on, um, I suppose, on accommodation in the coming weeks and months because obviously we will have um, a lot more people coming into the country as a result of what's happening in Ukraine. Um, the situation at the moment seems to be targeting um, a lot of non-national women who are responding to ads online um, that appear to be normal rental arrangements and then when they engage with the landlord, they are offered um, these arrangements. Um, in some cases, they've been offered um, free rent and in other arrangements, they're offered reduced rent. Yeah, and actually you, you're talking in today's paper uh, about an Italian woman that you spoke with. 
Yes, um, that lady um, contacted me back in um, January, and she has she's she's described to me that looking for uh, rental accommodation in Dublin after Christmas was like falling into a dangerous hill. Um, she uh, described three different offers that she received um, in relation to um, sex for rent when she um, contacted different people on uh, different platforms looking for a place to stay. In one of them, um, the landlord told her that he wanted photos of her and her future housemates if she was going to be moving in with housemates before he would give her an appointment to see the property. And he only wanted females to move in and he told her that what he was looking for was fun to cover the, the cost of the rent. And in another one, um, she was sent a photograph um, of the room with complete with a picture of a man lying in a bed um, and he, she basically told her that the room and himself came together for €200 Euros per month. So she Shocking. is absolutely delighted that this um, legislation yeah, has been moved to the door. And we, we need this legislation. Again, it's something I've discussed with you in the past because at the moment what these guys are doing isn't illegal. No, and the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, when questioned about this in the doll in recent weeks, admitted that there was no offence covering the legislation. Um, after Christmas, she and um, her department um, were in negotiations with the Department of Housing and Minister Darrell O'Brien, and they sought advice from the Attorney General, Paul Gallagher. And they were going through that advice and were due to return to the Housing Committee and the housing spokespeople of the different parties before the end of this month. But this week, um, Social Democrats, uh, TD Keno Callaghan, decided to um, introduce his own bill, the, the Ban on Sex for Rent Bill 2022, in the Dáil, to try and speed up the process to ban such practices. And it, it, this is a good bill in that it even goes too far as to make it a crime for someone to advertise such accommodation arrangements. Yes. So basically there, there's, there's two elements to the, to the bill. The first one is to um, ban the practice of uh, sex for rent, but also it will ban both the advertising of such, um, such arrangements and the hosting of advertisements for such arrangements. So basically, um, any platform that's hosting an ad um, for uh, sex or rent arrangement could also face the rigours of the law if this bill goes through. Okay, so we're at the early stages of it, even though I imagine a lot of support within the Dáil for this bill. Yes, it went through unopposed um, to the second stage on Tuesday and the Kionkola uh, Shauna Farrell commended uh, Deputy Keno Callaghan saying that it was an abhorrent business um, and he um, Keno Callaghan was uh, delighted that there was no opposition to it and it has gotten all party support. Now as it goes through the different stages it may um, be subject to amendment depending I suppose on, on the advice um, that the departments have received from the Attorney General and also I suppose um, different uh, parties will have different views on it um, but at the moment the proposal is that um, there will be a fine of up to €50,000 and a seven year imprisonment um, as penalties under the legislation if it does get enacted. Okay, well done uh, and, and I'm glad to see that you, you and you, your paper, the Irish Examiner were also commended for highlighting uh, what some renters have been subjected to because you were like a dog with a 
bone on this one and you, you kept at it so well done to you as well listen and as always a pleasure thank you for that and thanks thank for joining you very us much, good, good morning to you bye 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 that is uh, Anne Murphy journalist with the Irish Examiner in recent weeks I don't know if many people have, have noticed that uh, because we've already spoke about home heating oil how expensive that is at the moment uh, but for other people it's the open fire is what keeps houses warm and people noticing a marked increase in the price of coal have you noticed an increase if you've been buying coal lately you're listening to Cork Today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed Hi Patricia, what the government did with the reduction of fuel prices could only be called a joke. The prices of fuel at petrol stations are not lowered because it will not change anything. The government should have lowered the excise duty on fuels and reduced them uh, further. That's from uh, Sylvester, who also feels the owners of some gas stations receive fuel raised fuel prices whenever they want. He said, I remember a time when the fuel prices changed with new deliveries. Now the price seems to change every day. Well, I spoke with the AA about that and actually there was somebody else sent in a WhatsApp, quite a detailed WhatsApp and was saying that we're giving examples of one garage yesterday where the price of fuel changed twice yesterday and then it's changed again uh, this morning. And Anna Collin from the AA says she's looked into this and if you've got a very busy garage, it depends on where you're buying your fuel with your very busy garage they can actually get more than one they can get up to three deliveries a day certainly some of the Dublin petrol stations that will be very busy can get up to three deliveries a day and every delivery that comes in is set at a different price and the, you know all we can do is, is trust that there isn't price gorging going on I know the Taoiseach even mentioned it yesterday saying that it will be a barbaric act of cruelty if it is price gorging going on and shame on any garage that would do that because you know people are so squeezed at the moment garages say they make very little out of the price of from a profit point of view from the price of a litre of petrol or a diesel so yes, there is an explanation as to why prices can change every day. Even though I was, somebody sent in a text saying that they were sitting in traffic right next to a petrol station and this morning and they started seeing, you know, the price of the petrol and the diesel changing and it went up by nine cents. Now that I'd love an explanation on because if they got a delivery today, the delivery today should be at the new excise rate less the 15 cent and less the 20 cent. So unless that delivery came in late last night, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to get onto the garage to find out. But if that was based on a delivery that came in this morning, then that is price gorging 100% because the 15 and the 20 cent reduction would have been passed on there. And then on Eamon Ryan, who was telling us all to slow down in our cars as a way to save on fuel. And I suppose if you take it to the next level with Eamon Ryan, he'd probably say the best way to save on fuel is to get out of the cars completely. But someone is pointing out that Eamon Ryan, Green Minister, Minister for Transport, isn't worried about fuel consumption, fuel consumption or the environment. He's heading to America for St. Patrick's Day. He might tell the pilot to slow down to save some fuel, says a uh, texter. And then getting a number of calls in about the cost of coal. For example, Ellen in Mornabi says, my daughter got coal and she says she was talking to her daughter and the daughter says the price of coal is outrageous. A bag of coal two weeks ago, €25. Last week, that €25 bag of coal went to €27. And yesterday, when her daughter went to purchase it, the same bag of coal has gone to €34. Ellen says her daughter gets a bag of coal delivered every week. She works hard and she can only afford a bag of coal a week. 
uh, and now she's noticing this price increase. Um, so why are we not discussing the price of coal? It's another fuel that is increasing. Eddie and Mahan said he was talking to a coal distributor and a coal distributor says from next Monday, the bag of coal is going to increase by five euros a bag. So you need to get coal, you need to get a quick. Mary is in Kilmallock. Good morning to you, Mary. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. You also uh, have noticed the price yeah. of coal. Tell me more. I normally get five bags at a time, Patricia. I'm a pensioner myself and I get the five bags, which is very good coal. It's Colombian coal. Okay. Now, normally it would be 105 euros for the five bags. So I rang my supplier on Monday and he came and he said, the, the 105 euros now, Mary, is 120 and he said, from this week on, I'm only telling you now, he said, it will be an extra fiver. Per bag? So, for onto that 120, I'd be right. paying 125. So, for the five, yeah. I said to him, if that's the case, so you better bring me 10 bags, you know, to have it in. So, yeah. the 10 bags cost me, Patricia, 240. And normally 10 bags would have been 105 by 2 would yes, have been 110. Yes. So you, you, That's you've, correct, you've paid an extra 30 euro. I but, did. But you've, saved, the, you, but you've saved because it's an extra 5. I did. He said it's going up 5 euros did, again this week. Mary, did he tell you why? He said, I said, God, I said, Cyril, it's terrible. I said, but he said it's encountered the trucks, the, the diesel on the trucks. Yeah. The people that's bringing it. Yeah, that's exactly but, what it is. What can we do, Patricia? We've no choice, only to pay. <laughs> how, I know. How long How long would five bags of coal last you, Mary? Well, five bags would normally... I have a, a big stove in my kitchen. Well, I have the heating as well, but that's on a timer. But um, between... I get blocks as well, Patricia. So I suppose you're talking about four weeks. Four weeks, OK. And are, are you are you mindful and being careful of how I much... Am. Yeah, yeah, see, we're all I doing that. I have to be, because... Yeah. I only get the um, old age pension, Patricia. Yeah, you're on a fixed income. But, yeah. I, but everyone is doing that. Everyone's watching what time you, you have put, to. Yeah, you've no choice. Did we ever think we'd have to live like this? No, no, absolutely not. But, you but, know, listen, take comfort so we haven't got bombs going off over oh, our heads. Oh, I was just going to say at least we can, we have peace. And yeah. I must congratulate you and John Paul and your crew on what you're doing. You're very kind. You're very and kind. And have a nice night tomorrow night. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Listen, you, you, thanks a million. Really appreciate and thanks your for call. Thanks for ringing me, Patricia. God, God bless. bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. Isn't she lovely? That is Mary. Uh, listeners in Kilmallock. Price of coal on the rise. And actually, on coal, Heidi says, Patricia, I see that Germany and Italy are opening up their coal mines. Does that, does that not say it all? As we have to have proper alternatives in place before rushing to the greener model for energy, surely what's happening in the world at the moment is proving it. We can't keep being taken to the cleaners by energy and fuel companies every single time there is an issue. And so Germany and Italy, who had moved away, closed up their coal mines because they want to move away from fossil fuels. We're not fully prepared to be ready 
to get rid of fossil fuels. So obviously, and I'm assuming that's to help out their people because of the cost. And in this country, I mean, our peat, tur- our turf, we're importing all of that. We don't make briquettes anymore, sure we don't in Ireland. Didn't that stop? And that was all to do with us going greener. So I think you've made a, a good point. Do, do, do we rush too fast when we decide to go greener? And everyone accepts for the environment it is better to go greener. But do we need to stop and have everything in place before we can then say, okay, now we can move to a greener economy and be a little bit more self-sufficient. And talking about being self-sufficient, Ted in Clannacilty says there's a company working offshore of Barry Row in West Cork. Could the oil under the sea not be brought to land and help with fuel in this uh, country. And at the moment, the government are talking with Providence in relation to offshore work. So could we could we start, you know, looking to our own and see what we can produce uh, ourselves? And I think with what's happening in the world, maybe that's what we have to more look at looking after ourselves and providing for ourselves. And just by the way, on the cost of fuel, and petrol rising all of the time. Chris in Bishopstown was on and he makes a really good point and this is something worth mentioning. And he just wants to put it out there to people to please remember when you're buying your diesel or your petrol, you might be really annoyed at the price that you have to pay per litre. But please don't take it out on the staff in the shop. The staff in the garage turn up every day. They're there to work and to make their wages, to pay their bills. Chris says he's heard of some very nasty stories of staff who are getting what he calls dogs abuse from customers over the cost of petrol and diesel, which is completely outside of control of the boy or the girl or the man or the woman that's working in your local garage. Chris says if you have an issue and you're really upset about the price of diesel our petrol that you're paying. Take it up with management. Take it up with the oil uh, company. But there's no point having a go at the staff. Yes, you can talk to the staff about saying, isn't it crazy how high the prices are? But abusing them is uh, wrong and it has to stop and people need to stop stop doing that. OK, all right, I wasn't aware of that. So please, everyone, can everyone just be a little bit kind to others? And it isn't. You're right. It absolutely is not the fault of the people who are working in the garages. And Mike in Skibbereen says, uh, worldwide price hikes. When people are saying that the price of oil and petrol is going up all over the world because of the price of a barrel of oil is going up. Mike says, how come in the Canary Islands it's one twenty a litre for petrol and diesel is at one eight eighteen. So eighteen. So Anna Cullen, who was talking to us, is wrong to say it's a global issue. It's only relation in Ireland. Uh, only well, the reason that it's cheaper in the Canaries are cheaper in America, and even in America, their prices are going up, and they pay a fraction of what we pay. Is because of taxation. So on the worldwide market, the price of the barrel of oil is set, but each individual country then decides to add. V- value-added tax or they can add excise duties or they can add levies. That's why it's cheaper in the Canaries, Mike. They don't have as many levies and taxes added to their, for the price of their fuel. And a lovely email in from um, A doesn't want their name mentioned. That's fine. Saying, hi, Patricia, not surprised the government moved so quickly yesterday with their 15 cent and 20 cent reduction. The doll is possibly closed shortly for St. Patrick's Day. But this 
problem could have had a better outcome as follows. They could have reduced home heating oil by 50 cent a litre. One more fill would sort out most of us until September, which is a good point. And of course, remember, nothing came off the price of kerosene. Nothing came off the price of home heating oil. It was only the diesel and the petrol for our cars and the green diesel for the agricultural and the and the fishing industry but nothing came off home heating oil. Anyway, A says in her email fuel saving ideas going forward. Get a climate controlled timer slash monitor. You can purchase one for less than 100 euro. The reason is it saves fuel because if oil is on timer for say one hour early in the morning it'll heat most houses. Then again run it for about two hours in the evening time after dinner say between seven and nine or half six and half eight. By that time bedrooms will be nice and warm and cosy and children will be warm in their beds. Lots of oil is wasted by people simply forgetting to turn off their heating. Draft excluders, they should be put on some doors. They had ones on sale in Lidl a few weeks ago and they were amazing. Although they were glue on, they're much more secure by putting a few screws in to keep them attached. So people should look at draft excluders on their door. And where is the pricing commission? No way should fuel pumps have had such a huge variation in price. And then what about our oil refineries? Widdy up for sale? Surely that is daft. Whitegate, now owned by a Canadian firm? Question mark, question mark. Ireland has plenty of means to be self-sufficient, but we our government seem to be too lazy about it. Bring in more independence to the doll because without them we'd be fleeced. The Greens don't even seem to be answering emails. Eamon Ryan, does he bring his bike for a spin and then just cycle into uh, the doll and make the grand entrance on the bike? He is allowing fuel, he is allowing fuel allowance for coal when it technically should be for killing dried wood only. Kind regards from A, giving some suggestions and having a pop off the government at the same time to do with fuel prices. 0818, thank you for your email to Patricia at c103.ie. John Paul taking the cause, 0818 103 103. C103 Jobs. With Munster Technological University, enhance your career prospects with MTU's range of full-time, part-time and professional courses. Succeeding together with MTU Willowchem Technology, they've got vacancies available for general operatives. Experience in the engineering industry would be an advantage. Please call 0638-1975 or you can email sales at willowchem.ie. Industrial electricians are wanted for Cork City. Email CVs to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. Charleville Plant Hire are looking for mechanics for their fast-growing fleet. Please call 083-285-111. And a junior hairstylist is wanted for Flair's Hair Salon. They're based in Mallow. Please contact via Flair's Facebook Messenger or you can call Lisa on 087-951-2326. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is... C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Ireland's next census will take place on the first Sunday in April, April 3rd, when we'll all be asked to count the number of people who stayed in your house that night. Joining me to discuss the latest census is Eileen Murphy, who's Head of Census Administration. Good morning, you, Eileen. 
Morning, Patricia. And you're you're welcome to the program. Now, uh, firstly, I suppose outline why the taking of a census is so important. The census is is so important because it's vital for planning uh, all our public services, things like um, health, education, housing, transport. Um, but it's not just used at national level. Uh, the, the important thing about the census is it gives us really detailed information down to local, all our local area levels. So, you know, regional figures can be used for, for policies such as utilities. Uh, and everything that we uh, collect is available on our website freely to the public. So anyone can use it. So you find, you know, community groups that might want to petition for a playground in their area and they can go to the census data and say, we have, you know, X number of children under 12 in our area and there's no facilities for them. You know, so it's just useful for everything from big to small businesses trying to decide where they're going to locate a shop, where where they're going to have a catchment area of people, etc. So... There's a myriad of uses for the census data. And all of the information that's collected is totally confidential and it's important to point that out because some people get nervous about some of the questions that might be asked. Absolutely. Protecting the information is uh, front and centre of everything that we do. Um, It'll only ever be reported as aggregate data and nothing that you provide will ever be published in any way that identifies an individual person. Um, our, um, we never share uh, data with any other government agency and all the forms are processed securely in the CSO office. Okay, and, and we're, is it, are we a year late with collecting this census due to COVID? Was it last year we were we, meant to have one? We are indeed. The last census that we actually had was in 2016 and we do our census every five years. So normally we would have done one in 2021, but obviously With due to what was happening at the time, it got yeah. postponed. But we're delighted that we're able One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's go ahead now with this. And as you said, um, Sunday, the 3rd of April is census night. And because of COVID, we were actually printing the forms when that happened. Okay. Um, so we didn't know what when the census was going to be. So for the first time, the date isn't on the form. Traditionally, we would have always printed the date on the form. Yeah. So that's why it's even more important to remind everyone that census date is April Sunday, the 3rd. 3rd of April. Yeah. Okay. And is the delivery, how is the delivery of the census forms going? 
Uh, great, we have over 5,000 enumerators that started last week uh, and they are making their way around the country delivering the forms. Now, each enumerator is responsible for an area of in and around 400 houses. So don't panic yet if they haven't got to your house. It is going to take them a bit of time to get around all the houses that uh, they need to get to, but they will get your form before Sunday the 3rd of April. Uh, yeah, actually, I had a lovely lady call to my door with our hours uh, during the week, but I was just thinking because I knew that my neighbour uh, wasn't at home. I mean, when they get to a house and there's nobody in, what are enumerators doing? Uh, well, they will try and make contact with someone in the house because it's, it has been shown that when we make that personal interaction, that contact, uh, we get a better response rate and that leads to a higher quality census. So they will call back a number of times to try and deliver the form. But if it is getting towards census night and they haven't been able to get anyone at home as a last resort they will then leave a form in the letterbox with instructions about what you need to do. Yeah because they need to talk that's why they need to physically hand it to somebody is the the best way of doing it isn't it and to to take some information from the other door. Yeah they take some basic information at the door and to make to try and help uh, with the collection phase Uh, and uh, as I said it's the best way that we found to do this because we get a really great response from the public. Somebody's asking that they can't believe that the numerators have to go out door to door and hand it in. Have you ever looked at doing it online? Uh, Yes, um, we have looked at it. Um, Moving to providing online really becomes a multi-channel census um, because not everyone is going to be able to do it online so you will have to do still probably provide some sort of paper form as well um, so that takes lots of planning and resources. And because we do our census every five years, there's not much time to, to, to change things top to bottom in that period. A lot of the countries that have gone online, they only do their census every 10 years. So they've got uh-huh. a long time in between to, 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 uh, to get ready. But a decision has been taken that there will be an online option in the next census. And even before we've started doing this census, we have actually just started uh, planning for that online census. And would that be in four years' time or would that be in five years' time, the next one? It would be in five years' it time. It would be in five, okay. Okay, yeah. you, you, you pick up the five years from this year. Okay, can an enumerator help you if you're unsure about a question? Absolutely. They, all the enumerators have received training and they have lots of information. You can ask them any questions on the doorstep. And if they can't answer straight away, they can they can get the information and come back to you. Equally, if you've got some questions on the census, we have a website, census.ie, and we've lots of information there about what to expect and what you need and lots of frequently asked questions. And we also have a help desk on that census.ie, a web form. So if if there is something, like if you want to request an Irish form or if um, you have other languages or accessibility issues, we have lots of information on that on, on the website and you can request any particular information. Okay, well. because of course we have a multicultural uh, society so the forms are available in a, a lot of different languages as well, aren't they? Well, officially the form itself has to be filled in in Irish or English. Okay. Uh, but we do have translations of the form in 22 other languages and we have large wow. print forms and braille forms. So that will t- 
tell you what each question is asking. Just to make it easier. Fill it in on the Irish or English form. Yeah. But you will have the direct translation. That's good. Tell you what exactly. That's good. It's just you know if if Irish or English isn't your first language, it's it's good to have uh, have that back up. Uh, And of course, all of the enumerators when they come to your door, they they carry ID. The, the yellow jackets, it's very clear that this person is from the census. Absolutely. They're all wearing those high-vis vests with census enumerator on the back and big letters and census on the front. Their ID badge is probably in a little pocket in the front of the high-vis vest and they've got satchels with the Central Statistics Office on them uh, with the forms. And uh, just to say as well, they they do not need to enter your home. An enumerator will not enter your home. They just talk to you for a few minutes on the doorstep, as you said, taking some basic information and delivering the form. Yeah, and they're they're on their way to get to the next house and try and get out all of those 400 uh, forms. Now, talk to me, Eileen, about new questions and new topics that are covered this year. Yeah, so um, with the census, there's a lot of questions that we keep the same from census to census because obviously that shows us the trends over time. But obviously we, we want to keep it relevant as well. So we did a public consultation after the last census uh, to see what questions people wanted on the form. And we got over 400 submissions from the public as to as to ideas for questions on the form. And we tested a number of those in a pilot in 2018, and that's resulted in eight new questions on the form. Um, probably on topics that you'd, you'd realise, uh, renewable energy sources in the home, internet access, um, working from home, uh, and childcare. So... Uh, there's also ones on volunteering, smoke alarms, smoking and travelling home from work, school or college. Um, so, you know, this will give us lots of new information that we don't have in any other area about how things are working across the country. And uh, and we've done changes even to our existing questions. So 25 of our existing questions um, have had some change to how they're asked as well. Yeah, because I saw last week, I was getting a lot of publicity, the one on religion no religion is the first choice as opposed to it being the last choice. It is indeed. So in 2016, the question just said, what is your religion? And now it says, what is your religion, if any? And then there's a number of options, but no no religion is at the top. Okay, then the census form that I got uh, will allow, if there were six people in the house, then there won't be six. Well, unless we get some visitors. Uh, But Mm -hmm. what if you have a large family? Yes, that's no problem. So if you know on at the door when the numerator calls that there's going to be more than six in the house, they will give you what's called an individual form for each of those indiv- extra people in the house. Um, uh, and if it turns out after the, the, after the numerator has been that you know that there's going to be people and you didn't get any extra forms, uh, you can go to the website and order it there or you can ring our help desk, which is 0818. 2022 04. Okay, you're making sure that everybody gets counted on the night. Now, a listener says, uh, Hi, Patricia, could you ask your expert? Our expert is Eileen Murphy, Head of uh, Census Administration. We're going to be away. We're actually going away on holidays the day before the 2nd of April. What do we do with our census form? Okay, well, there's, there's two things. It depends whether they're going on holiday in Ireland or outside Ireland. Um, if they're outside Ireland, uh, they'll need to let their census enumerator know and um, they will take some basic details from you um, again at the door, either at delivery or when they come back to collect um, if if you haven't seen them, if they've already delivered your form. Um, if you're elsewhere in Ireland, 
you will fill in the census form wherever you are in Ireland on that night. So if you're in a hotel or a guest house or if you're staying with relatives or family, uh, you fill in the form um, where you spend the night of Sunday, April the 3rd. And then when the numerator calls back, you can let them know that you are at this other area. So there's a place on the form for, you know, who is... depends whether the whole household is away or some of the household as well. So yeah. um, you you have a question on the form that asks, is this where you usually live? So if you have moved, if you are filling it in in a hotel or, or in a, another address, um, there is a, a question on the form that asks where you usually live. So then we can check back and make sure that we've caught you in one or other of the places. Okay, make, making allowances for, for people because they, they no matter what night you pick, you're not going to have everybody at home on that particular absolutely. night. And Eileen, I have to say, I absolutely love the time capsule section at the very end of the form where you're saying to people, what, write, write anything that you think that people in a hundred years might be interested in, is it? Yeah, we think this is uh, a world first. And, you know, what what a piece of social history to have. You know, can you imagine we, we're all looking at our 1901 and 1911 census forms to find out uh, who who was where when, and if we had been, if we were able to see a message from our ancestors, from our grandparents, our great grandparents yeah. to us, or you know, find out something about what their day to day life was like. You know, how interesting would that be? So, yes, it's um, it's that part of the section of the form is voluntary. Uh, and whatever you think would be uh, a nice thing to put in there. And then it just gets, they all get sealed, put away for the, 100, 100 years. years. Yep. <laughs> wow, it's terrific. It really is terrific. Okay, listen, Eileen, I appreciate uh, you joining us uh, this morning. I know it's a busy, busy few weeks for everybody at the at the Central Statistics Office and particularly for the enumerators and we wish the enumerators the best of luck because it's a, it's a tough job because it was a bitter cold day when my enumerator called to the door. I actually felt sorry for it. It's a tough job, isn't it, going around? Uh, yes, but they, it's you're open to the elements. So yeah. I had mine came last night as well. And it was pouring rain, yeah. and, as you said. But um, they get a great response. The, the the girl that called to me as well just said how how friendly and kind everyone was. Yeah, my, her, yeah. So, I, you know. <laughs> I, I quizzed my enumerator as well, and she said, "Yeah, but she says just getting people in is is yeah. is the awful part." And and I should have asked this question. Somebody says, "Do we post it back, or are they collected?" They they come back and collect them, don't they? They will come back right. and collect them. So the same. There'll be a four week period after census night where okay. they'll come back to collect it. So just to remind everyone. Sunday 3rd of April is Census Night and if you have any other queries or want to find out more information go to census.ie Okay listen no, no doubt we'll speak again Eileen in the meantime though thank you for that and thanks for joining us this morning Thanks Patricia Good morning to you Bye bye Eileen Murphy there Head of Census Administration at the Central Statistics Office 0818 103 103 John Paul taking our calls or you can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Someone being rather smart when I was just talking with the Central Statistics Office and they were saying that they call to everybody's house uh, every uh, five years. Somebody says they must never have called to the house of the son who was drawing the pension for his mother and father for the last 33 years. But they obviously did call and they did drop in a census form and he obviously was putting down his mother and father. He 
he was trying to let on to the authorities that his parents were alive. But doesn't it also show the confidentiality of the census forms? They can't be cross-referenced with any other department to see is there somebody claiming a pension in what house? It's given in total confidence to the Central Statistics Office. But thank you for your text to 086 103. OK, we're going to Mallow Guard the station uh, where Sergeant Tony Cronin joins us for this week's Guard the File. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, Patricia. And um, we want to start with uh, St. Patrick's Day parades. There's parades going ahead. Yes, uh, Patricia. Obviously, next St. Patrick's Day, the parades will be back in full swing and the public will be viewing. So what we would like to ask the public is to come early, uh, enjoy the day and we'll say park up in plenty of time. Also to the people who are participating in the events to contact the organising committees in advance so that you have your allocated slot and you know where you are to be at a certain time. Uh, so that it can run nice and freely for everyone, and it'll be an enjoyable day. Yeah, and of course it's it's this it's this day week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. looking forward to that. It's hard to believe it's really three years since we had our last St Patrick's Day parade. So please go to everyone, go out and support them because the organisers put so much work into these parades. Okay, you want to report on a theft from a car, and this happened in Mallow. Yes, Patricia, this happened uh, in the Castle Park area. In Mallow, it was on the, the night of the 4th uh, of March last in, into the 5th in the early hours of the morning uh, where a car was left unattended and unlocked and there was items of property taken from this car. So what we're looking for is any information from the public in the Castle Park area. Did you notice anyone who was, would say, walking around the state um, in between different sections of this la- very large housing estate? Um, would they have... Got your attention? Uh, did they seem unusual? Was there a car acting suspicious? Uh, if there's any information at all that you could give to the local guardian in Mallow, they'd be delighted to assist. Yeah, it's a big residential area, and there's always people out and about in in Castle Park. Somebody j- just may just give me the date again when it happened. It, it was uh, from the fourth uh, of March last into the early hours of the fifth. Fifth, okay, okay. So um, we're talking five days. So um, basically, as you say, it's a very large residential area. And there's always people coming and going, possibly in the early hours. The pubs are back open again, so it might be someone coming home. You may have seen someone. Um, it might be a taxi driver driving into an estate. You may notice something unusual. So the guardian Mallow would be delighted to get a call. OK, but it was unlocked. Unlocked. Again, we're back to that, the unlocked uh, cars. Even though I have to say, Tony, I had, uh, I won't say where this happened to me, but I was attending an event and uh, I parked up the car and at the end of the evening, I was looking for my car keys and I couldn't find my car keys anywhere and there was a big panic. I thought I'd lost my car keys. I'd let them in the car unlocked. It does happen. It does happen. But especially when people go as a couple or there's two or three people go... um, it is good practice when someone yeah. will say, have you locked the car yeah. when you're walking away? Absolutely. I, I tell you, it'll never happen again because the fear that it put in, because I thought I just locked, it was kind of a relief when I realised there was the, the, it was in the, the car and thankfully, thankfully, there was the, there was nobody, no unscrupulous person around but the car could have been taken and it would have been completely my own fault. Okay, yeah. let me go back to burglaries. We've got a couple of burglaries. Uh, one, firstly, one in Yall. Yes, um, we have a burglar here in the Tesco in Yall, and this happened last Tuesday uh, in the early hours of the morning at approximately 1.15 to 1.20 a.m. in Tesco. Now, what the culprits were after was uh, cigarettes on this occasion, and obviously um, 
it would have taken a period of time to get access to this property. So what we're looking for is, would people have been uh, driving by this area or walking by it? Do you have access to dash cam footage? Did you notice any transport um, nearby that was parked up, maybe an engine running? Um, did you notice anyone hanging around that general area or making observations of the premises? The guardian y'all would be delighted to get a, um, a call on this. It, we are talking about the early hours of um, the 8th of March, two days ago. So we're talking about 1.15am in y'all near the Tesco. OK, dash cam footage certainly would be uh, helpful. And there was a break-in in Mallow. Yes, Patricia. We had a, break, a burglary in West End in Mallow where um, an apartment was entered. And this happened on the 7th of March last, three, three nights ago. Um, sometime between 10 and 12 midnight where the property was entered. And it's quite possible that a, a person um, may have been um, put off during the course of this uh, burglary and left the scene. So what we're looking for is someone leaving the scene on foot in the West End area at around 12 midnight on the 7th of March last. Okay, so, so anyone with any um, sightings uh, of someone leaving on foot, um, now, nighttime, possibly the clothing is very dark, um, not very, very well lit up, but there is public lighting in the area. So we would again ask people, did you notice anything? Possibly if someone's getting their, making their getaway and they've been disturbed, they may be going at an accelerated they're speed. They're running, yeah, a stroll. yeah, they're running. So there may have been some attention brought to them. So just to bring your mind back to the 7th of March last, and we're, getting, we're talking at approximately midnight, maybe it's a quarter past um, 12. Okay, and then a final one was, uh, this, was this an attempted break-in in Ballyhay? Yes, in Ballyhay there was a property entered um, a premises in Ballyhay uh, just off the N20. And what we're repeating for here is, did you notice any car, any van, motorcycle, uh, anyone driving up and down the N20, just observing people leaving any premises in that area. And we'll say, you may have noticed, we'll say, torches, some lighting, things like that, at the back of a premises. If you did, the guardian charter would be um, happy to take any inf- any call, any information they can receive in into this instant. Again, we're talking about, this was the 1st of March, and it was uh, nine days ago, and we're talking about the early hours of the morning. So it could be, let's say, three, four o'clock in the morning where this property would have been attempted. So if you did see any lights at the back of a premises, you know, from your own dwelling house, you may say that was unusual. You may have seen a car nearby and you might have thought nothing at the time. But if you could uh, remember any detail, Gardy in Charvel would be happy to take any information and to investigate us. Okay, listen, have a great uh, St. Patrick's weekend and of course we've got a long weekend uh, over the four days, uh, Tony and thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme. Thank you. Good morning to you, that is Sergeant Tony Cronin based at Mallow Garda Station. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. 
Jim Pickett, our resident vet, will be joining us on this hour on the programme. You can call John Paul at 0818 103 103 or you can text or WhatsApp me. And actually there was a WhatsApp in and, and I'm only getting around to it now from Michael in Castletown Bear uh, to do with the situation in the Ukraine and what can be done. How can we bring this dreadful, dreadful war to an end? Uh, Michael says, Patricia, hi, we immediately need a true states person or persons to be appointed sooner rather than later to try to have broker a peace agreement between Russia and Ukraine as bombs and bullets are not going to solve it. Otherwise, it's going to be the death nail of the world. Cast your mind back to Northern Ireland 25, maybe 30 years ago. Uh, that What was done was George Mitchell and Bill Clinton and others, they ended decades of civil war between the Catholics and the Protestants. Only for Bill Clinton appointing George Mitchell, it will be worse than ever to this present day. It may not be perfect, but we're heading for three decades of peace on our land, which we all can be grateful for. Not until all the warring factions are brought around to the table will there be any sign of peace. There are indeed globally. If we don't, our present lives are only on very, very limited borrowed time. And I know what Michael's probably worried about there and what everybody's worried about is the threat of nuclear war. Anyway, Michael says all sides have to commit themselves to peace, including Russia. So please, leaders, stop stop insulting one another, start getting around a table and talking. Get some globally experienced and respected leaders who are well known on the world stage to head up the team. And Michael has a couple of suggestions. He's suggesting Angela Merkel. And you know, Angela Merkel went to my head during the week as well as as a possible peace uh, broker along with our own Mary Robinson uh, and others. And get those, get them together, backed by the powers that be and see if they can get them around a table. Every day that this is not done is causing undesirable death and destruction with worse to come just around the corner. That's Michael. Thank you, Michael, in uh, Castle Down Bear. And yesterday, I mean, I just could not believe the scenes I was witnessing yesterday coming out from the uh, hospitals. And, you know, it's, as one paper said today, like it's very hard to see how Mariupol's Children's Hospital and the Maternity Hospital could have ever posed a threat to Vladimir Putin and to Russia. But yesterday, it was Russian jets bombed the hospital, burying expectant mothers, newborn babies and very sick children under the rubble. After two weeks, if I remember, it's two weeks today, they... It has become even more horrific and, you know, lots of people saying yesterday and I would have to agree that Russia really, really sank to a new low in bombing the hospital. It was about five o'clock local time yesterday afternoon. Russian warplanes flew over hospital number three in the centre of Mariupol and uh, dropped at least one unguided so-called dump bomb bomb. And this bomb was huge. And then very quickly, and this is where social media has very much come into play because video footage and photographs very quickly after the bomb had landed started to be beamed around the world showing the devastation and the destruction that the airstrike had left in its wake. One side of the hospital suffered extensive damage, but then all of the windows in all of the other hospital buildings were completely blown out. Ceilings started to cave in, 
parts of buildings took the worst of the hit, hit simply unrecognisable after the airstrike. And, and then to hear Russia come out today and saying us talking about what happened at the Children and Maternity Hospital in, in Mariupol is fake news because they were saying that these hospitals were no longer used as a hospital. They were instead have been taken over by the Ukrainian military and that they were housing soldiers instead. And that was anything but the truth because as the video footage sh- showed, all that we saw coming out of the buildings were very heavily pregnant uh, women. I mean, there was one pregnant woman being carried away on a stretcher. There was blood oozing out from a womb on her her thigh and she was clutching her stomach and she almost looked, I mean to me, looking at the footage she looked like she was in labour and I just thought oh my God, for a bomb to go off and she in the middle of uh, labour. Then there was a woman uh, coming out, cuts all over her face, uh, walking out of the hospital uh, clutching a bundle which appeared to be a newborn baby and there was video footage showing cars on fire, black smoke spiralling up into into the sky and Vlad, Vladimir Zelensky the Ukrainian president really distraught and angry implored the West to please impose a no-fly zone because that would prevent such airstrikes as happened yesterday and he said Mariupol direct strike of Russian troops at the maternity hospital people children are under the record she took to t- Twitter to say it's an atrocity how much longer will the world be an accomplice ignoring terror and he went on to say close the skies right now stop the killing you will have the power but you seem to have lost humanity and then I saw the, the Mariupol uh, Children's Hospital um, it had come under attack on the day that Russia was supposed to have agreed a ceasefire in the town of Mariupol to allow safe passage for, for civilians. So while this so-called ceasefire was underway, they decided to get in there with their bomb, with their bombs and the Russian for, forces, of course, are really desperate to take Mariupol. And God knows the citizens in Mariupol have put up some fight to hang on to their city. But Russia are desperate for it because if they can manage to capture Mariupol. If you look at the map, it'll block Ukraine's access to the sea and then it gives Russia Russia a corridor which will stretch from its own border right through to the uh, east. And obviously with what they did yesterday, the Russian president and uh, and his officers are willing to take Mariupol and they don't seem to care what it costs. I mean the deputy mayor came out saying you know we we don't understand how is it possible in modern life that anyone would bomb a children's uh, hospital. I mean this is a city that for the last certainly the last week if not more they've got no running water, they've got no heat they've got no power, they've got uh, no gas. People who are trapped inside in Mariupol, desperate to get out but it's just not safe to get out. They are thankful that it's snowing at the moment because they're able to melt the snow. That's what they're using for drinking water and they're burning whatever firewood they can to try to cook food and to try to stay warm. I mean, the mayor described the situation in Mariupol as being medieval yesterday. And yesterday, again, you know, very distressing scenes coming from this city of, of Mariupol. They reckon that the numbers that have died there have gone to over 1,000, I think 1,170, they reckon, have died just in the town of Mariupol since the war began. Remember, just two weeks ago today and yesterday, the authorities had to be, had to begin digging mass uh, graves because they said there are sadly too many bodies. The morgues are overflowing. And in yesterday, 47 people were buried 
in a mass grave and there was photographs showing the some of the people in Mariupol, they dug this long trench and they just placed the bodies into the trench. There wasn't coffins. They just did the dead people wrapped up in shrouds and they just laid them in the grave and literally had to pile bodies on top of bodies. But they, because they, there were scenes coming of the streets where, where bodies are lying and uh, the people are trying to cover them as best as they can but it's too dangerous for the officials to go out and actually remove them but they had photographs yesterday of mass uh, graves with the mayor even saying that they're burying some people that they can't even identify it's just shocking but to me it reached an all time low yesterday when Russia can think it's okay to bomb a maternity hospital with people in labour, people just after, women just after having babies and a children's hospital. I mean, scenes of mothers and fathers running out, you know, clutching onto their very, very sick children. You know, children aren't in hospital, particularly in a war situation, unless they're very unwell. And I straight away, when I realised it was a maternity hospital that had been attacked, I thought of Natalie, that lovely woman who joined us yesterday, the Ukrainian lady who's living in Mallow and she was talking about her cousin who's a gynaecologist in uh, in Kharkiv another city that's under siege and how her cousin who's a gynaecologist won't leave had an opportunity to leave but won't because she says she needs to remain behind for the babies that are going to be born they reckon I think it's is it a thousand babies a week are being born remember it's a population of 44 million people so about a thousand babies a week are being born in the Ukraine and they need care and they need attention and that fantastic woman from Natalie's cousin said I'll stay behind I need to look after the mothers and then to think that a hospital a maternity hospital it's just it's man in humanities to man we saw it during World War Two. we you know we always use the phrase least we forget hoping it would never happen again and we are witnessing it all over again it just truly truly it's just gone beyond shocking 0818103103 our lines are open The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie And a reminder of course that our fundraiser for Ukraine uh, continues you can donate to the C103 Ukraine Crisis Appeal with all the proceeds going to the Red Cross you go to our own website c103.ie forward slash aid and a fundraiser in aid of Ukraine is taking place in the Old Hall in Newtown Chandram this evening between six and half past seven they're taking donations of new clothes shoes and uh, blankets Kildallery Community Development are holding their weekly lotto draw that's in the community office to this afternoon at four they have a jackpot of 2,500 euro and a cake sale and raffle will take place in the Clonakilty Resource Centre in aid of the Irish Red Cross Ukrainian Appeal that's happening this afternoon between 1 and 3. A McCroom Flower and Garden Club are meeting in Cool Cower House uh, tonight for their AGM. It'll be followed by a gardening talk with guest speaker Lean Granger of Green Greenpeace Nurseries. It's at 8 o'clock and plants will be for sale. New members and visitors are welcome. Inquiries to 087. 9821708 and students from the Munster Technology University will host a variety show uh, tomorrow night Friday in the Students Centre on the Bishopstown campus. Tickets are €8 Euro with discounts for students, children and pensioners. They're available from events.cit.ie with proceeds going to the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork and Epilepsy Ireland. Cork Today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group 
For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. We've been talking about everything going up, fuel costs, etc. And people are now, a lot of people have contacted us uh, following my chat with Mari, who was talking about the price of coal going up and with a, a lot of coal merchants saying to customers to expect it to go up even further next uh, week. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I did read in the papers today that Panda, the waste collection firm, they're imposing a surcharge on bin collections. And this obviously, again, is to do with the energy costs rising. Now, I don't know if this is nationwide or if it's in certain parts of the country. And I don't know how many customers it's going to affect. But the but Panda said in an email to some of its customers, customers uh, that because of they're in crisis situation at the moment uh, and will be over the coming weeks and it's because of energy fuel charges and the availability of same and because of that it is introducing a new charge which hopefully they say will be a temporary one. It'll be index linked and it will fall as soon as the cost of fuel reduces again and it's not clear whether the surcharge will apply to all customers or just commercial customers but they are the email says they're imposing on customers a one euro per bin lift fuel and energy surcharge and as I say that's coming from Panda will that be the start of other bin companies having to do the same thing and it's all to do with I mean I'm assuming all the bin trucks run on diesel and as we've already discussed this morning diesel is now more expensive than petrol and as AA explained to us it's because it's the availability of diesel and of course whenever there's a shortage of anything it goes up in price so just to let you know as I say I don't know if you're a customer of Panda waste collection firm did you get that email as I say I don't know what part of the country those emails were sent out or whether they're just for commercial customers and not for households but we'll keep a close eye on it now our news reporter Mairead Tuig we sent Mairead out this morning to speak with people who were filling up petrol at the South Link service station in the city and we just wanted to get their thoughts on the cost of petrol and diesel and the cost to excise duty introduced last night. Huge difference yeah it's you're just over 100 quid extra a week in diesel. I pay monthly in the counter of two vans in a truck and last month's diesel bill was 1700 quid and for this month, which I'll pay in the middle of the next month, I expect it to go up by 35 40%. And the government brought in yesterday to It's wiped already. It was the space of one week that was taken out. So it's just, they, got, they have to do more. They have to do more. It's crazy. I, I didn't think it was going up this much. I thought it was also coming back down a wee bit. But obviously it hasn't. But I have no choice but to get it because I'm nearly empty. <laughs> oh, it's going up all the time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd be shocked if it comes down. There's a glut. Even if they let Iran export their oil, I think they'll still keep it up. Are you noticing a big increase? Massive increase, isn't there? It cost me an extra 25% per week, which is a lot. And at least today, the prices don't seem to have been reduced at all. Huh? And when you're running a business like a driving school, I mean, is there a fear for the future if prices stay high? Well, there is because, I mean, people first of all, they have to do 12 lessons, and that's only the minimum, you know. And... Uh, if they have to do more lessons, obviously we have to charge more, and it's expensive enough as it is. And particularly with the insurance and tax, and and running a car like and and the diesel the increase in the deal on top of that, like it's just quite bad, really. 
huge change, huge change, and a lot of garages. Um, this morning, no, I looked around the place. They didn't seem to bring down their prices at all, in line with what the government brought in yesterday. You know, and I don't know. I think a lot of them, if you go drive around Douglas, now they're all around the same price. They're all watching each other what they're doing. You know, um, it's. I think it's it's wrong. You know. And, yeah, I do, yeah, and cre- the prices increase dramatically, like you know. But the government need to do thing, need to do something about it, like you know. They they brought in a small thing yesterday, but it's not good enough. You know, it's just not good enough, like you know. Wasn't any happy motorists there chatting with Mairead in the city earlier this morning. Thanks to Murray Tuig, our news reporter, uh, for that. And you would have huge sympathy for anybody who has to drive for a living. Their costs have really gone up over the last number of weeks and there just seems to be no respite in sight. Finbar and Mallow says, how come other countries have managed to cap fuel prices and Ireland cannot? We protested against water charges. Is it not now time to protest for fair fuel costs. We need to get out in our cars and block the roads to highlight the issue and then the government might start listening to the people. There's a bank holiday weekend coming up. There will be opportunities to get out and protest, says Finbar. It'll cost you if you're going out in your car though, Finbar. People are being very careful about doing any additional uh, journeys but I can sense your anger and I can fully understand it. And then here's one that came in earlier from Eamon who went on a road trip from from North Cork to Kerry and along the way he just kept an eye on all of the different prices and this very much proves that you do need to know the price at your local garage and then you need to monitor every service station that you're passing and when you get to the stage where you need to buy petrol or diesel you need to try to go with the one that's offering the best uh, value and along his journey from North Cork to Kerry €2.14 in one petrol station another petrol station had it at €2 a litre and then he saw it at one ninety one a litre and I don't know that came in earlier and I don't know whether he's made it to Kerry because it's the sa- it is the same texture. Eamon is back on. He made it all the way to Killarney and he has sent me a screen grab of diesel on sale at Tesco in Killarney this morning at €1.76.9 and certainly we have got nothing cheaper than that this morning when we've been asking people for the best uh, value. And Eamon says, wasn't I a wise man not to stop en route from North Cork? He's after getting his fill in Tesco in Killarney. Now, he obviously had reason to be in Killarney. He didn't just drive to get his diesel. But anyone who's around Killarney always have good value, don't they? Whatever it is, whenever we're discussing petrol and diesel prices people will always say Killarney seems to be one of the cheapest places I don't know why don't, I never got an explanation as to why that is but 176.9 certainly has got to be Eamon I imagine one of the cheapest anywhere in the country uh, thank you for sharing that with us Judy on Twitter to at C103 Cork says can we please stop converting disused railways and cycleways to facilitate tourism and maybe consider popping trains back on some of those railway lines and then put safe cycleways alongside them. It's so frustrating to be continually lectured at to get out of the car when most of us just don't have a choice. We have no metro, no underground, no light rail rail, and while we have good rail links from Mallow and East Cork to the city, that basically is it. That doesn't cover anything in West Cork. So please for some, we have no choice but to drive. Can somebody please, please, please raise this issue 
with politicians. And okay, lots of people saying that the pet are still on about the petrol stations haven't reduced the 15 cent or the 20 cent. But as I'm assuming you may not have been with us earlier, we got that explained earlier from the AA and it's to do with the garages had already bought in their petrol and they buy it in and they pay their excise duty at the time that they buy it in. So it will be a few days Sylvester says, hi Patricia, when finally, when finally will there be a brave person who will tell politicians that the money that they spend in the annual budgets does not belong to them, but to the people who work hard and pay the taxes. It is people who pay them their salaries and it is from our taxes that they have various things for free, such as their state-run transport, housing, plane flights, etc. The government yesterday wrote that lowering fuel costs will cost the Exchequer €350 million. That Exchequer, that money in the budget doesn't belong to them, but to the people who work hard and pay taxes. Kind regards and that's from uh, Sylvester and I'm sure the government are well uh, aware of, uh, of that. And actually just struck me yesterday, I was listening to a piece about the Ukrainian uh, president, uh, Zelensky, and who, you know, everybody has got such admiration for this man and how brave he is. And I was listening to a piece on the the history and the politics of Ukraine. And they don't have political parties like we do. And they have a tendency to vote in personalities. And there's always change. And, you know, people, once they get voted out of office, they have a tendency then to, they're gone, they don't stay in power a little bit like we do, they don't go onto the opposition benches, uh, etc. And they were saying that people go, when they go into politics in a country like Ukraine, they don't go into it for money because there isn't a lot of money in it. That's why a lot of the oligarchs and the very rich have a tendency to be politicians and then the worry is that they're just looking after themselves and that can't be said about the current uh, president uh, but he certainly hasn't gone into it for, for money but he's he gets paid and I think it's about €12,000 a year is what his salary in and it just struck me my God what a difference that is to some of our own leaders and our, our European leaders so he certainly can't be accused of being in the job for the money and particularly the job that he is doing at the moment and then John says Patricia yes everything is going uh, up and I think it's it's all a gimmick here when we talk about everything going up and trying to protect the environment. At the end of the day, Ireland is just a dot on the globe and we're making no difference to climate uh, change. It's just a way I feel, says John, for the government to fleece us, the working poor. And yet we're told we're bringing in more refugees from Ukraine and we will be giving them everything for nothing. Uh, send them out what they need, yes, and give them help that way. But cap the numbers coming in. We are barely surviving ourselves says John but we have to remember these are war refugees John they will stay here for the period of time that they need to be kept safe and then please God they'll go back uh, safely and try to rebuild Ukraine again and there will be a cap on the number of refugees it depends on the numbers of people that leave Ukraine and then it will depend the EU will decide then how many people we will take and we have to take two we will take two percent of the refugees that want to that are trying desperately to flee the country and there's a huge outpouring from Irish people we're just we're a great nation and the numbers are rising every day of the number of people who are to the Red Cross who are offering accommodation or who have an empty property that they would be willing to hand over to house the Ukrainians when they uh, arrive 0818 103 103 our lines are open John Paul's taking your calls we're looking for your pet questions please we'll take Go to something completely different. Uh, your pet questions, or if you want to text or WhatsApp in a pet question, you can to 0862 
103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Remind you that we're giving away another €4,000 with the C103's Four Play for 4K. Now we've got four different songs that you're looking out for, and hopefully, you've made a note of these songs. Have to be played in this order. Back to back, we'll start off with the wonderful song from Queen, It's a Kind of Magic, Dermot Kennedy's Giants, which I think I played earlier on, Madonna's Like a Prayer. And then the fourth and final song is Elton John's Dua Lipa, Cold at Heart. Now, I know John Paul, the last time we gave away the 4,000 on the other, the the first four play for 4K, he he was helping out on the phones. He was helping uh, Ken because it was given away on the breakfast show as soon as the last song started to play. The first note of the last song started to play and people realised the four songs were being played back to back. The phone lines just lit up. So when you hear the Queen, Dermot Kennedy, the Madonna and then once the Elton John Dua Lipa song begins, that's when you need to get a dialing. You need to be caller 103 to win the €4,000. Make sure you have the number. Probably best thing is to have it already in your phone if you haven't put it in 0818 103 103. That's C103's 4Play for 4K with McCroom Motors where your journey to electric begins with the full range of Toyota self-charging hybrid vehicles and you can see McCroomMotors.com for more information but make sure you stay listening to win only on C103. Now Marion by WhatsApp says Uh, Morning to you, Patricia. I'm just wondering, has COVID gone away? I don't seem to hear any mention of COVID at all. Do we take it now that the pandemic is behind us? Mm, I I don't think the pandemic is is behind us because certainly COVID is raging. There are other countries where they have very strict, they're still under very strict guidelines and uh, restrictions. Um, We've gotten rid of all all of our restrictions now uh, gone. But that isn't stopping the number of cases. COVID is still very much present. present and I know in the papers today there's reports that the number of COVID-19 outbreaks in hospitals more than doubled last uh, week with up to 22 patients and staff were infected in some locations and that comes as the number of COVID-19 patients in hospitals across the country also rose yesterday and I've always I always try to keep an eye on the hospital figures because that's a good indicator of where we're going with COVID and they had been decreasing, kind of nice, slowly but steadily decreasing, but it changed yesterday. It rose to 829. It had been at 803 on Tuesday. So that's now confirming the an upward trend and it's the first up, upward trend since February. The mandatory requirement to wear a mask now that was lifted at the end of February, although it is advised to wear them in healthcare settings and also to wear them on public transport. And I have to say Certainly when I'm in all shops, I'm continuing to wear mine. And at the start, the first week after the mask was lifted, certainly everywhere I went, everybody was wearing masks, did notice the last day or two, you'll go into a shop, it might be 50-50 in supermarkets of people wearing them, people not uh, wearing them. But I certainly will continue uh, to wear them. So is the 
increase in the hospitalisations? Has it anything to do with the lifting of the mask and mandate? Mandate 51 patients, bless their hearts, with COVID-19 in intensive care and they are the ones that are most unwell. That has remained steady, although it is higher than when the compulsory mandate of face masks was lifted. And of course, people are still registering if they get a positive home antigen test and now the majority of people if they get symptoms that's what they need to do they need to do an antigen test at home yesterday there was a record number tested positive on the home antigen test over 7,000 people and then there was another 1,715 who had a PCR uh, test but the PCR test now is limited only to at-risk groups. The extent to which hospitals are continuing to struggle with infections is also revealed in figures that were released this week. 28 outbreaks last week and that's up 13 on the previous week and that's outbreaks in hospitals, nursing homes. They suffered 38 outbreaks with up to 36 people infected in some locations. And the worst hit areas for outbreaks in both hospitals and in nursing homes at the moment is the West and Northwest. We seem to be doing okay here and fingers crossed that it remains that way. But with outbreaks in nursing homes and with outbreaks in hospitals it does explain, certainly for nursing homes, I know we had some calls in last week from people saying that they, when when, you know, when were nursing homes going to get back to the way they were when any day of the week, if your mother, your father, your grandparent, relative, your husband, your wife is in ho- was in a nursing home, you could pop in to see them the way it was post-COVID or pre-COVID, should I say. You know, are we ever going to get back to that way of life? Because people miss that being able to just pop in. You know, I would know people who would have a loved one in a nursing home and would visit every single day. And of course, we weren't able to do that because of COVID. And while the restrictions have been lifted around visiting, there is there is the codicil that it's up to each individual nursing home and hospital. And if they get an outbreak, it's very understandable then what they will say to people, we are restricting uh, visits and that has been happening. So I don't know locally here how nursing homes are, are getting on, uh, but certainly looking at the figures that have just been re- released for last week, it seems to be the west of Ireland and the northwest is where they seem to have more cases. But Marion, unfortunately, I'm not the bearer, I, bearer of good news. I can't answer your question positively and say the COVID is gone and the pandemic is over. Certainly on a worldwide it'll be up to the World Health Organisation to officially declare the pandemic open and then it will go to, I think it's called an an endemic after that which is a little bit like when the flu comes every year and people get get the, the flu and there has been a bad flu around as well. There was figures out last week or the week before showing a number of people that died from flu and of course people die from flu every year. We just don't think about it and we just because we don't hear about it and we don't report on it which is very different to what we've been doing with uh, COVID so you still need to be very very careful and as always if you get any symptoms you don't now go for PCR testing unless you're in the at-risk group and I think all the PCR tests now you'd have to go to a doctor and the doctor would decide if you're in the at-risk group and go forward then for a PCR test so failing that you've got to do your own antigen testing and you get where you get your antigen tests they're still available in supermarkets and of course they're available in all chemists as well. That's where I have to leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 10. Until then I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. 
Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.